Welcome to the Just Show Up Podcast, where every week we come together to remind ourselves why the fuck we continue to show up to life. Because that shit ain't easy. And truthfully, we need each other. We need each other to remind us of our innate power and capabilities that live inside of us. Every week, I'll be coming to you with different topics and subjects, but the commonality will always be to have you keep showing up to life as the best version of yourself possible. So grab a glass of wine, a cup of coffee, whatever it is you're doing, and let's head to the show. All right. Welcome back to the show. Today is going to be part two of the planning episode. So if you haven't listened to the planning episode, head back over there and listen. I don't know how long this one will be as I did go through in great detail about planning in the in the previous episode. But what I want this one to be more about is how you can become more efficient and effective in your day-to-day life with the tool of planning in our back pocket. So planning is one component to, you know, really living life efficiently and effectively, right? Which is what I believe we all want. I mean, at least maybe we all secretly want it. We just don't necessarily want to say it. But I know I for sure want to be as efficient as I can in my day. That is something I strive for and always work towards because I think there's nothing worse than when you have your day and it's just like gone and you're like, where in the heck did my day go? And I feel like I did nothing. Uh, I think it's the worst. And so I have found ways in which can impact me negatively. And also because I have found the ways that impact me negatively, I also then found things that impact me positively and help me. And so the number one thing that I believe impedes all of our days every Wednesday. And I recently read a book called Deep Work, and he talks about this a ton, is our distractions. Distractions can come in so many shapes and forms and some ways in which, you know, we can be impacted by distractions are phone. Our phone is a huge distraction, okay? I cannot tell you how many times I'm doing something and I pick it up and I go to Instagram and it's just so on autopilot. And what is so fascinating, and I haven't done an episode on this, but I really should do an episode on this too, is that 95% of who we are is subconscious. So meaning all of our actions every day are very subconscious. They're very autopilot, right? You could end up on Instagram and be like, how the heck did I end up here? It's because you did it the day before and you did it the the day before that and before that and before that. And that's why I always say, you know, to anyone who starts to pick up habits or change their habits or, you know, wants to plan more effectively and efficiently, I always, you know, say like this stuff takes time. Don't give up. Don't do it for a week or two weeks or a month or three months and say it's just not working for me because it's not true. These, t- these things take years and years to hone. And I'm not saying that it's going to take you years to see the impacts of it. In fact, if you decided today that you are not going to go on your phone all day, I guarantee you, you would be so productive and so efficient and you would end your day and you would be mind blown at how much you could achieve because the phone was not there. So 
eliminating distractions is my number one hack in productivity and efficiency. You might be saying, well, planning, distractions. Yeah, because when you plan your day out and you have your nice, beautiful list of your tasks that need to get done today, and you have your nice timed out schedule of what you're going to do, but then you get a Slack message, you get an email, you pick up your phone, and all of a sudden you've wasted hours on those things. And then you look at your day and you didn't get them done. And you're saying, why didn't I get them done? I don't understand. I had my plan. I knew what I was doing. I was ready to execute. And now here I am five o'clock and nothing's done. I, I just don't get it. And it's going to be because of the distractions. And so in the book, Deep Work, he talks about the fact that because of these distractions, the implications that they have on our day-to-day life and the implications that they have is that because we get distracted, we think, okay, I'm just going to respond to this email or I'm just going to respond to this Slack message. What happens is it then takes, I mean, it's like, you know, the data is all different, but it's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much time it takes, right? It takes anywhere from 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever, to get back into the mindset of the task we were doing. So uh, it's called like task switching. So every time we switch a task, we are interrupting the task at hand. Now we're adding on more time to the task. So something that should take us an hour could now take us three hours because of the interruption. And then the even crazier part to this is that It can not only take you like three hours to do it, now you're not even doing it as well because you're so distracted and you have messed with your brain so much. And this is why everyone's like, I'm a multitasker. And listen, I multitask all the time. I know it's not good. I know I shouldn't. But sometimes it's just what we do, right? But it is so much better to just do task by task by task, one thing at a time. So just going back to the first point of eliminating distractions, well, how can we do that? So there's a few ways in which you can do this. I have had conversations personally with my bosses and I said to them, I very much value what I do in my job. And because of that, Slack has become a huge interference in how I want to show up in my day and what I can get done in a day. And also in the depth of my work, I don't want to just be a task rabbit. I don't want to just check off things to do or be like, it's done. All right, move on. That's it. I genuinely care about what I do and the work that I do. And a lot of times I want to go deep with my work. I want to have depth with my work. And for example, I'm very passionate about podcasting. Yes, I have my own podcast, which obviously because I'm passionate about it, right? But also my company has a podcast and we release multiple episodes a week. It's about three episodes a week. And there's a lot of planning that goes into it. And there's a lot of detail and strategy that goes into my plan for the podcast. If I am constantly disrupted, then I'm just going to make sure that guests and solos are completed. And that's as far as I'm going to go. I'm not going to dig into, hey, who's listening to this podcast? What episodes have the most downloads? 
what is our audience wanting to listen to? And that's the difference between just doing a job and doing a job with depth. And that is what that book, Deep Work, taught me. It taught me that if you want to be really good at something, you have to go deep with it. And so a lot of us, what we're doing in our day-to-day lives is we are doing what is considered to be shallow work. And how I see that in my mind or I equate it to you know, other things in, in comparison to understand is I equate it to when you clean your house, but you're not really cleaning your house. You're just straightening up, right? You're just, you know, wiping the crumbs off the counter, putting a few things away, but the house still isn't very clean. And all those crumbs that were just on your counter are now on your floor. So they didn't actually go away. They're just not on the counter anymore. And so when we do our work, this is what we're doing. We're just kind of like shoveling the crumbs around and nothing is actually of substance is actually getting done. And this is why I believe that eliminating distractions is so important. And I had already been feeling this. I felt this in the beginning of last year and I was like, wow, I I really just I need to figure this out because I have never felt more distracted in my life and I don't want to be distracted because I care about what I do so much and I love what I do so much. And I want to be so, so incredibly good at it. I want to master what I do, but it's feeling really hard. And so I started to notice that Slack was impeding on my on my growth. And so I had to go to my bosses and have a conversation with them and say, I need to have boundaries around this app. Like it is really impacting me. And it's it quite frankly, it's it's burning me out. And I'm just needed all day long. And I get that that's part of my job. But if there's something we can work out, can we please do that? And so we did. In November, I had that conversation with them. Now it is, you know, middle of January. And it has been vastly different with the communication. Everyone is much more aware of their behaviors and when they are sending a message. And do we always need to just send that one message or can we look into it ourselves or can we send a whole big message later in the day? Do we need to, you know, message this person 10 times in an hour? Is this conversation really actually important? Do we need to have it right now? And so what happens in the workplace, and this is this runs rampant everywhere. This is not just me with my bosses. And my bosses are wonderful and they always, always listen to me and they take what I say into consideration and they work with me because, you know, I am what I consider a high performer in my job and I work really hard and I just show up all the time. And if I'm coming to them wanting to be an even better performer in my job, it would behoove them to not assist me in that process, correct? So Maybe you need to have a conversation with someone and, you know, you're wondering how to do that. Well, just bring them back the data because the data speaks for itself, truly. So with that, you know, with the whole Slack and all that, so I noticed that and I, you know, it's so much better now. Now I feel so much better and I feel that I can just eliminate the distractions at times. So what I will actually do, believe it or not, is I will take my phone. And I will put my phone in a drawer. I will put it somewhere. I will hide it. I will put it away from me. And I will do this and I will I will set like a 
Pomodoro timer for about an hour and my phone is away. The Slack notifications are off. I turn off my email and anything else that's impeding what I need to do. And I take whatever task is at hand and I will just go do the task. And this is especially important if the task is something that is challenging or is something that you've been meaning to get done and you are just like, I just need to get this done. Because when you get it done, it is such a huge win. And if you're not familiar with the Pomodoro technique, the Pomodoro technique is basically, um, I think it is 50 minutes on, five minutes off or 30 minutes, 25 minutes on and five minutes off. You can set it to what you want, whatever you work best, like whatever intervals you work best. But I have found it to be very helpful. And once you kind of start getting into this, you don't necessarily need the timer anymore. You just know what you need to do. Okay, I'm going to turn all these things off and put my phone away. I'm going to do the job. Once it's done, I stop, I take a break. And the whole point of the break is, and this is a very important, important thing to know, and this is like a nuance, but when you take your break, you don't immediately go grab your phone. You don't uh, scroll the internet. You just take a break. Go take a sip of water. Go step outside. If you actually are in a workplace, you know, you could go have like a water cooler chat, you know, go talk about The Bachelor or whatever reality TV show you're watching. Maybe it's not reality TV, but you get my point. And you actually just take a break from your brain. And and you don't want another electronic thing that you're like putting in your brain. You just want the actual break. So that is such a huge one, such a key element to how to be more effective in your day. And when you have your plan and you know the task you're doing, then this will help you to be able to get the task done and, and get it done more effectively. And you'll just be so proud of yourself. And once you start doing these types of things, you're, you're just going to get better and better and better at it. And it just becomes second nature and it becomes a habit. And that's what's so cool and so fun about it. With that, you will obviously, you will create better focus for yourself. And that's also something that we're after because in a world that loves 30 seconds of everything, I mean, my God, I can't take another 30 second reel or TikTok. I mean, it is so insane what that is doing to our brains. It's so, so, so bad, which is also why I started this podcast. And I've explained that is that I want people to sit down for 20 to 30 minutes and spend their time listening to something versus just getting it all in a 30 second reel. Because I do believe that that is really impacting us and it's really hurting us so much so much more than we realize like we just don't understand the implications of what that stuff is doing to our brains it is making us dumber it is making our focus so bad like these stats on certain things i think people are on a website for about five seconds like it's so fast like if you don't have efficient uh, systems with like your website and things people do not stick around and don't even get me started on if a form doesn't work or like you try to click something the person is gone they're gone and so when I can help people to regain their focus and regain their attention span that's what I'm after, you know, and that's a lot of what this episode is about is how to regain your focus, how to re how to take and really ultimately you're taking back your power. You're taking back what is 
yours to begin with, that social media has, you know, kind of stolen from us in a way. And I love social media. I found my job from social media. But there's a time and a place for everything. And we demonize these these things. We demonize social media and we make it social media's fault. But do we demonize the murderer or the the weapon that they used? It's the murderer, right? So it is us. It is our fault that we are doing this. Now, is it the developer's uh, you know, who know our behavior and know that it's addicting and that we love this type of stuff? Absolutely. But that's what they're that's what all of this is. Marketing, all of it is getting us where they know that they can get us. And so it is our job to eliminate where we can eliminate these issues. So yeah, that's my little that's my tangent on social media. So just put it away put boundaries around when you go on it so that you can live the life you want to live. Because here's something else crazy about social media that I just, sometimes it's a really mind-blowing thing to think about, but you know how they created the metaverse? Well, if you go on social media, you're kind of already in the metaverse, right? Because you're like in social media land. And we spend so much time like Sometimes I look at my stats on on Instagram and it's like embarrassing because I'm like, did I really just spend 10 hours of my week in social media land when I could be living my actual life? It's just something to think about. It really is like how we spend our time, whether it is like watching TV or it is social media or whatever the things are that impede on your time. It could be video games, you know. I mean, there's just so many things that that we all do that impede on our time. And so anyways, that's just something to think about that I've thought about. And I'm just like, wow, that's kind of disturbing that, you know, I don't want to go in the metaverse, but yet I actually am in the metaverse. All right, I digress. So going back to we've eliminated our distractions, which huge, huge thing. And then obviously, like I said, you're going to have better attention and better focus. Now, I'm going to give you a couple other things to think through um, and also that will help you to be more effective and efficient, as I stated in the beginning. So one thing that I am obsessed with is notes, taking notes, whether that's on a meeting or, you know, you have a task to do and um, you notice, oh, this you, you all of a sudden in your brain, like something clicks and you're like, oh, no, I, I got to do this other thing. Go write it down. Just write it down and leave it there. And it's there. And now you have it. It's especially important when you're on meetings. I don't know how people go to meetings and they don't take notes. It will forever baffle me. But yet here we are. And so the reason why I find it so so powerful to take notes is for a couple of reasons. So one reason is that when you write it down, you're actually imprinting it in your brain. So a lot of times if I take notes, I won't even have to go back to my notes because I already know it. But a lot of times I do go back to my notes or someone asks me a question. Oh, this is something that always happens. People will ask me questions on the team. Oh, hey, do you know this? Yeah, I know it. You know why? Because I took freaking notes. Did you? <laughs> oh, man. 
You guys are all, you guys are really starting to get to know me now. <laughs> but seriously, it drives me freaking crazy. And I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but just don't be that person on the team. Take notes. And when you start to take notes, it's actually going to improve your cognition and your memory. Like seriously, your memory is going to get so much better and people are going to be like, oh my God, how'd you remember that? And it's going to be like, because I took notes. And here's another caveat to this. And that is, I am not saying digital notes. This is handwritten, pen to paper, pencil to paper, whichever you prefer. And it has to be that way. You can then transfer it digitally, but it's got to be pen to paper. That is how our brain remembers. And that's why I'm such an avid journaler. And I also believe why a lot of things I've manifested in my life is because I was always journaling and writing what I wanted and what I dreamt of and all this stuff. And it's just, it's so crazy how powerful it is. And also the cool part about it is that, again, when people come to you or whatever, they're like, damn, how'd she know that? Oh, wow, she's so organized. Yeah, yeah, you are. Because she sat there and took the notes. And here's a really cool story. And this is what impacted me to begin to be a note taker. I mean, obviously in college, we all have to take notes. Obviously in high school, we all had to take notes, right? You could take good notes and you could take bad notes. You you knew the person in class who took the good notes and you knew the person in, bad, in class that didn't take great notes. But anyways, I was in an English class in college. I don't know if I went up to the teacher or someone else went up to the teacher or what happened, but basically... Someone went up to the teacher and asked a question. She probably already shared what it was that this person asked. I don't think it was me. I think it was someone else. And she said something that would forever change my life. And she said, you know, I'm going to teach you all something right now that's very, very, very powerful. And she said, when you get into your job, you know, your career, when you get older and you're out of college, and you sit down with your boss and your boss tells you what they want you to do and the task and the things needed, and you sit there with them. You bring a notebook and you write down every single thing that they say. And she said, and the reason why is because if you don't and you walk away from that desk after having that conversation with them, and then you have to go back and ask them, hey, what did you tell me? and they have to repeat it to you, they are not going to be happy. And I was like, wow, that's pretty powerful. Okay. And she said, it's not like college. It's not like school. There's no teacher holding your hand when you're out there in the real world. When you're in the real world, no one's going to help you. And they're not going to be impressed by you. And I just was like, wow. So I remember I did it my whole, since I graduated college, since I had my first career job, I took notes. And I will tell you, there has been quite a few times where I'm like, oh my God, what's the answer to that? Oh my God, I don't know. And then I go through my notes. I'm like, there it is, there it is. I found it, I found it. I wrote it down. Oh, great. There's just nothing worse than having to go back to someone and say, hey, like, I'm so sorry, I don't remember what it was. But then having to do that many, many times after that. And I cannot tell you how many times I have gotten messages throughout my career in the past few years of that. And it is very frustrating because guess what happens? Guess what's happening? They're interrupting me and distracting me from what I need to do because now I have to help them do their task. 
And I have to go take my time away from what I'm doing to go help someone else because they couldn't help themselves. So don't be that person, okay? Deal. Cool. All right. So take notes. Um, Let's see. What else do I have here? I think that's it. I think that's it. I think those are my top things. And, you know, I'll just leave you with this one last thing is that when you begin to put your planning into place and all of these, you know, you begin to work through, you know, your distractions, you start to regain your focus and obviously you'll regain momentum and so much more. Review and refine the process. See what's working and see what's not working and don't get married to any certain process until it 100% works for you. You don't need a fancy notebook for any of this. You can use any notebook. I actually, a lot of times, what I'll use, I'll use a print, a piece of printer paper to do a lot of my planning to take notes, you know? So you don't need anything like that, but review your processes, review what's working, review your time management, and be ruthless about getting better in all of these areas. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I know that uh, you know, part one and part two of this have just been so much fun. I am obsessed with all of these things and I can't wait to just keep bringing you all great content and all of the elements to help you become better in your day and your everyday life because that's what that's what we're all here for. We're all here to just live our best freaking lives and that's what I'm here to help you do. So make it a great day. Rate and review the podcast. Share. Tag me on social. See ya. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Remember to rate, review, and follow the podcast. And don't forget to tag me on social with your favorite episode. We appreciate the support more than you know, and we can't wait to see you next week. See ya.